Do you know who you are? That question is so important that Paul begins his letter to the Romans by answering it. Paul reminded his readers that everyone who has faith in Jesus Christ is loved by God and is, by God's grace, a saint. So, if you've responded to the gospel, that makes you a saint. You're going to learn more about what that means today. This is The Wisdom Journey, and Stephen's lesson is called, How to Become a Saint. When I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, there on Red Brook Road, just off Military Highway, uh, I remember folks in the South uh, typically addressed older men and women uh, as Mr. and Mrs. And I got to tell you, I was certainly trained that way to say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am as well. That was, that was considered showing respect uh, to older people. In fact, I can still remember the shock the first time a waitress said to me, can I help you, sir? Well, that, that proved I was older, and I, I wasn't so sure I liked it. Uh, the truth is, how we address people can reveal our relationship to those people. Well, here in the book of Romans, Paul now addresses his readers for the very first time in chapter 1. And as he does, he describes how he relates to them, even better, how they relate to God. He begins here in verse 6 by referring to them as those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Again, this is a loaded phrase. In fact, this is a threefold description of terms here for these believers. First, they're called to belong to Jesus Christ. The Greek word for called is kletos. It's a word related to ekklesia, which is translated church. Uh, A church is literally called out ones. Members of the church are those who've been saved by faith in Christ, and they've been called, so to speak, out of the world and into a family, a body of believers. Paul says here that they, they belong to Jesus Christ, so we are his special possession. Uh, Peter writes, we are a people belonging to him. I read some time ago of a young man's conversion to Christ when he was in college, and And he and a college friend had gone to hear an evangelist preach, and that night they professed their faith in Christ. One man's life just literally changed course that very night. But the next morning, his friend came into his dorm room and said, you know, wasn't that the craziest thing that we did last night? I I guess we just got a little carried away, and you won't tell anybody about it, will you? Well, That young man had heard the call of the evangelist, but the other young man had heard the call of Christ. Those are the people to whom Paul is writing uh, here. They are called by Christ to belong to him. Now, second, Paul refers to them here as people who are in Rome and loved by God. Well, this expression uh, speaks of a special kind of love reserved for the children of God, those believers there in Rome. While God has a general love for the whole world, he has an intimate love 
for his children. I, I happen to love all the children in the church I pastor, but I don't love them like I love my own children. There's a difference there. So do you know what it means to be loved by God? Well, do you think of yourself in that way? Oh, that, that you would let this truth penetrate your heart today, believer. You are God's special possession. He deeply, eternally, faithfully, deliberately, he unfailingly loves you. But Paul makes this note, which I I don't want you to miss. He's writing to those who are loved by God and living in Rome. That's really another way of saying God knows exactly where you live off Military Highway there on Redbrook Road for me. And let me tell you, if there was a church that might have wondered if God knew where they lived, it would have been this group of Roman believers. Because so far in the early history of the church, neither Paul nor any other apostle has visited this church. In fact, the church in Rome apparently wasn't planted by any prominent leader among uh, the early Christians. Bible scholars believe that visitors from Rome had come to Jerusalem uh, there on the day of, of Pentecost. And after hearing the gospel message preached by Peter, they believed in Christ, had been baptized. Well, they, they took the gospel message then back to Rome. They started a church there. But what a city in which to try to plant a church. This was Rome. This was the, the hometown of Nero, the emperor. This was a wicked city. This is the home of gladiators, of, of gamblers, of prostitutes, of, of idols. This was, this was a, a very easy place for a follower of Jesus Christ to become discouraged. But now, think of it. This inspired letter comes to them from the Apostle Paul, straight from the heart of God. And it opens by telling them that God knows them. God knows where they live, and they are, they are uniquely loved by God. They haven't fallen off his divine radar. I wonder if this is the message you need to hear today. No matter where you are, God knows exactly where you live. He knows every detail of your life. He, he, knows, he knows those those little paintings you've got hang, hanging there on your living room wall. He, he knows every detail about your existence. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten who you are. His love is reaching you today by this verse written by Paul to the believers in Rome. Well, let me point out thirdly here, in verse 7, that Paul writes that these Roman Christians are called to be saints. The Greek word for saints here is hagios. It means holy ones. The Latin translation of hagios is sanctus, from which we get our word saint. Now, I need to note here that the verb to be in called to be saints isn't in the original text. The words, in fact, in your Bible are probably italicized to indicate uh, this. They represent the translator's attempt to clarify that this is who we are called to be. And that's, that's certainly true. We are called to be saints. But I think it might be a little confusing here. Paul is saying the believers in Rome are called saints. And there's a vast difference between being called to become a saint and being called 
a saint now. The Catholic Church over the centuries has taken this phrase to urge people towards some kind of special sainthood that you know only really holy people can ever attain. In fact, you've got to have some miracles associated with you if you're ever going to reach sainthood, and you don't reach that, by the way, until after you've, you've died. Well, let me tell you, beloved, Paul uses this term here not for dead Christians, but for living Christians. This isn't a name for special Christians, but for every Christian. The truth is, God never tells sinners to try to attain sainthood. God picks us up out of the mud of sin, and he calls us saints. But how how in the world can God call us saints? Listen, I, I live with me. Sometimes I'm, I'm not very saintly. I'm not much of a saint. Well, we are called saints, not because we're perfect, not because we've arrived, but because we belong to Christ. And when you became a believer, you were given the righteousness of Christ deposited into your bankrupt account. Paul is going to explain that a little later on in chapter 5. The only difference between a sinner and a saint is the Savior and salvation. So if you're a saint today, beloved, it's not because of your perfection. It's because of your position. You are in Christ, a member of the family of God, and you belong to your perfect Savior. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand this point, beloved. The biblical idea of holiness means that we want to live holy lives. That, that simply means lives that pleases our holy God. In fact, the word holy in Scripture means set apart. Uh, being saints today means that we are set apart unto God. And on that basis, we want to pursue a holy living. This is the point Paul stresses over in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. There it is again. So we ought to live like a saint because we are separated unto God. I remember in high school when I was going out in the evening to be with my friends or to attend some activity just before I walked out the door, my mother would say, now, don't forget what your last name is. Now, remembering that I was a Davy wasn't the point. She wanted my behavior to measure up to my family name. You happen to be a, a saint. Well, live like it. Live up to the name of being a saint, being called a saint for the glory of God. Well, Paul now offers his personal greeting in verse 7. He writes, grace to you and peace. Now, this is Paul's typical greeting in his letters. It combines the Greek greeting of grace with the Hebrew greeting of shalom or peace. So Paul is actually greeting both the Gentiles and the Jewish members of the church in Rome. But he also wants to emphasize that the only source of grace, the only source of peace, and so he writes it here, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord 
Jesus Christ. It all comes from our Lord. Well, until next time, beloved, and we set sail again. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson he called How to Become a Saint. You're listening to The Wisdom Journey. I invite you to join a group Stephen's formed called Friends of Wisdom. It's a group that he communicates with on a regular basis. He sends free resources and encouraging articles. Sign up at wisdomonline.org forward slash friends. Then join us next time on this wisdom journey.